0: Welcome to the Town to Learning Show podcast series, episode 67 with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Tamer Lee, CEO and founder of Authentic Learning Labs about API-centric learning delivery. Find more of our fiercely independent content at talent Well, welcome back, listeners, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode. On this show, I am fortunate to interview the senior executives and customers of the world's most prominent learning system solution providers. Uh, Today is no different as we have return guests, CEO of Authentic here to help explore the complex, but increasingly popular concept of API-centric learning delivery deployed by high-end training companies, content providers, customer education providers, among others. What? What the heck is API-centric <laughs> learning delivery? Well, and maybe an incorrect nutshell, it's a way to skip the LMS and deliver uber-personalized learning content, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that, and that's why we're lucky to have Tamie, Tamer here to explain it all to us today, make this complex topic simple. Tamer, welcome. Thanks for coming back to the Towns Learning Show. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here, John. Nice to see you again.
1: Thanks nice for having see you
0: me. too. Yeah, you've been here a ton of times. I uh, encourage listeners to go back, go to our podcast page, go back and listen to to uh, some of our previous interviews on analytics and AI. Uh, Tamer and his team is like on the front of the industry, always pushing with the high end organizations, doing the, the, the cutting edge stuff. And then eventually the industry learns that and adopts it into learning systems and the rest of it. And so every time we have Tamer here, we're learning about something that we don't know anything about, uh, including today. This is a kind of a new concept, even uh, for me as I, I try to stay on top of the of the innovation curve. But Tamer, in case somebody hasn't been following this podcast the whole time, why don't you just take a short minute here and give us a snapshot of your company
1: and where you guys fit into the learning systems marketplace. Thank you, John. Uh, authentic is learning as a service. You know, we hear all these things now with, uh, you know, hardware as a service and taxi cab as a service and dispatch as a service you mentioned uber um, you know we're a complete learning tech uh, service on demand right? we have an award winning platform and a team that we simply describe it as like a SWAT team that comes in when this mission critical learning something that has to go and it has to be deployed and it's very important whether it's a certification course or it's a for profit publisher that needs content out needs maybe a platform with it and uh, uh, the resources are stretched with their own uh, operations, or they don't have the resources, we come in. We fly in, essentially, and uh, for us to get the work done and the speed and the the efficacy that we think is is due to the client, uh, we bring our own tech, we'll integrate with the tech and the investments the client has, and uh, we'll make it seamless and where, where necessary, we also build the courses with the clients, uh, the key stakeholders. So, you know, it's almost a complete service. And then we said, okay, you know, you need to erect a new course and you need some of our help. You may need to migrate some of it. Uh, we come in and that's what really authentic does. Um, do we have an LMS platform? Yes. Do we have course development service? Yes. So it's, it's uh, and then, you know, the client will determine, you know, to dial up or down those services.
0: Yeah, excellent excellent there's not really uh, much like that uh, in the industry typically these types of services are either provided by the the organizations themselves or by uh, the LMS vendor uh, but as it turns out in practical life there's a, there's a gap there there's a delta between lack of service and not enough time and uh, and some technical challenges with not the right personnel and right. It, where those three things intersect you know that's when they call you guys uh, to to do it. And one of the things they call you for is because of your expertise in API centric learning delivery. Now you heard my somewhat probably lame definition up front. Why don't you give us the professional definition? What is what does that mean?
1: Flesh no, it was for. that was great. And I'll just try to add some more color to that is uh we, we operate with a pretty simple premise and, and try to stay away from jargon. But really it is that you know, mature and growing organizations, companies that deal with learning, whether it's part of their, you know, that is their operations, or education company, or they're a publisher, or they're a major L and D program. They know how they want to use learning technology. They know what it uh, what it is like to work well, to look good, and seamlessly integrate with their investments. And you know, they're beyond the point of just saying, "I got to go get a software in a box and place it, and then use." You know what the software vendor will have is you know a limited set of APIs to do certain things. What these organizations are really seeking with um, with for us and from from us and similar organizations is an embedded experience where the learning is is happening within the context of the need. Whether it's in the infrastructure, you know they have like CRM, Salesforce, you know what's integrated with their key systems of record like e-commerce. What they're looking for is something. Um, that is not halfway. And they, they're, they've they met a threshold in terms of the experiences with the other platforms. Uh, and they're typically at their second or third generation platform. That's where we come in. And we don't typically have to, re- we, we don't do wholesale change. We integrate with the key components they have uh, for the best experience. And, you know, obviously to be mindful of the budget's going on.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And so
0: the opposite of API centric learning delivery uh, would that it lacks a term, but normal yeah. content delivery. Yeah. <laughs> you can or tell a marketer yeah. and a writer here. With, with, yeah, with I mean, you're this, gonna this, think
1: it's, it's, it's simplified terms, uh, but you know, we look at it like, you know, Legos and a toy out of the box, right? If I describe to you what a Lego uh, set could do versus, a, you know, a standard box that's of, of to- like a, a, a shrink wrap toy, there's mm-hmm. a limited set of needs that that uh, toy will do and address. And that's OK. I mean, that, you know, perfectly for certain kids, you know, and, and some adults even, um, the, the, you know, a, a toy like a car or, you know, a doll would, would suffice. Um, and I'll try to stay away from the toy analogy too, too much, but uh, with Lego bricks, uh, it it really addresses the advanced imaginations and needs of advanced builders. And so, for some people who have already built an experience, especially with the web, and where you have mobile and devices and a you know a deep website that promotes and offers a learning and describes it people don't want to detach the learners from those experiences in many cases and therefore an api centric model means that we can build the the components and you know you you mentioned headless and there you know the concept of headless is really one and the same as saying you can have all this without a detached experience from what you're used to you know the the the, the box toy model is what most providers are offering and there's nothing wrong with that what it means is it serves a certain set of requirements. In our mm-hmm. world, those sets of requirements are much more deep and wide, meaning you know, we have to have a integration with not only the web experience, but the platforms that drive that web experience, commerce, et cetera. And therefore, those need a much more diverse and mature set of APIs. Mm-hmm. You know, where you see the other vendors, you know, it's totally fine, but those APIs are typically, uh, yeah, we have APIs, we have SSO, We'll send you when the courses are complete. And for many cases, that's okay. Yeah. You know, our system is not built to address the 90%, right? At least right now, it's for the 10% that are the elite performers or the growing organizations. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about, you know, I think we can also talk about the simple models as well. It's not just for advanced users. You can also have very simple needs that need to be addressed that uh, a standard LMS implementation um cannot because you still have to go implement it. You have to have a software implementation and investment. Whereas how about if you just want to launch one course? Do you really need an LMS? And our question is no. The answer to that question usually is no. And it's so usually we can you know have people authenticate in various ways to our platform, you know, Facebook ID, LinkedIn, social sign on, password, no problem. And you just launch the course. Yeah, their organizations just want to deliver it through Microsoft Teams or Slack, no problem. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that. Those are the problems we're trying to solve. And so there, there are maturing groups and large groups that need, you know, way beyond that ad, you know that shrink wrapped box toy model, and they need much more diverse set of components that they can build into the learning. Uh, mm-hmm. Versus, you know, the smaller groups that say, look, or they're even they might be large, but they have a certain need and uh, they can't meet it with their existing investments mm-hmm. so uh,
0: normally just to catch everybody up if you had a, a normal learning management system and you had a content business and somebody bought that content then after they buy that content you kind of behind the scenes you know create an account form and pass into a completely different experience an lms experience that most likely isn't aligned to the, you know, the the same website marketing experience. So it's kind of like they go to a different place to launch and track the learning, you know, after they purchase, but then through time, they're back on the marketing site, they're getting back, you know, so you're basically maintaining, you know, a, a couple of different environments. And, and so, you know, my understanding kind of that awkwardness is, um, you know, when that becomes, when that becomes mission critical and that awkwardness is unacceptable, you know, that's a, that's a main driver of saying, okay, now we need, we need a, a better API centric approach here to, to de- deploy this content specifically, uh, or, you know, in this application or in the software a proprietary software application or, you know, in teams, as you said. And so, uh, um, that's where things get that's where it separates in my opinion it's it from from a typical LMS uh that's where they really want you to they really want you to come to their island um uh, with that so um the key challenges so that was that that's like one uh key challenge of you know that's right. where that user yeah. experience is, is is so important what are, what are what would be other reasons that would push you to that or why you want to invest uh in in that from these people, what what other challenges are they trying to solve?
1: Yeah, spot on. I mean, for user experience and it's almost like it trickles down from user experience. User experience uh, that you know you t- you talked about it, right? These clunky, uh, disjointed experiences, poor navigation schemes, too many clicks. I think they use the word friction these days, right? Yeah. And then. How about systems talking to each other? If the systems don't talk to each other, it also affects user experience. Oh, I just bought this course. Why isn't it available in my learning section? Why aren't my enrollments showing up? You know, typically I've seen, you know, and we see this a lot and anecdotally is, you know, the the systems are talking slowly or there's some batch process behind the scenes. You have these big organizations that, you know, handle, you know, they they have this significant investment in a tool like Salesforce. But behind the scenes, it's feeding other systems like the LMS, and that communication between salesforce and lms takes hours or days you know maybe that's an exaggeration but what it is it's not real time mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, the communications ultimately affect the user experience and also other things, right? So the, the systems talking to each other, like the CRM talking to the LMS, the SSO, you know, it should be by default, but not only sharing, uh, uh, not only just talking, but sharing the right information, for example, in the CRM's case, is if, if that information is not just, hey, this person's okay to get in, but is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this person, and then you could personalize the experience. That's the kind mm-hmm. of level of depth that we go into is that this person should get subscription level A versus this person, they're a premium customer and they should get everything in that course. We can handle that. So systems talking to each other really ultimately bring up the, you know, and address the first point you mentioned, user experience. And then the, the, the third is aesthetics is that a lot of these groups, they come to us because great system they have internally it's serving you know there's a cornerstone or um you know a a platform similar to it and you know you know whether it's in higher ed or whatever uh, or it's moodle and it's serving them just fine but there's an audience or there's a group that has you know much more specific tastes or they're isolated where they can't get to it the aesthetics matter this is another section where we get involved where we can help in the actual visual experience too, because being headless, we can present beautiful modern user interfaces. And mm-hmm. you know we have our own default, and those are styled. They can be um, you know modern style sheet driven, uh, mobile and responsive screens that would you know handle any of the you know the discriminating tastes of current you know modern consumers. And likewise, data, you know, with these systems talking to each other, the data that's generated in our systems is greater than what we're seeing in others. You know, usually you see at the most, you know, time and participation and some kind of score. Um, but in, in, our, in our world, when we're deploying a course through Sympatico, you know, we're seeing you know, the richest level of data that these customers have seen similar to and can be the same as API, but we can give them if they can't handle API, very similar API rich analytics, um, you know, down to the page level, of what people are doing, uh, the the time and videos, um, what they're clicking and what they're completing are all part of essentially like heartbeats that we could share with the customer. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that that stores into, you know, systems and it can also present ways for the person to get personalized experiences as well so yeah. you know these these key areas and it is also usually ties to the user experiences right it's if if you get these right the user is, is the key thing um and the key um the recipient of all the benefits and then i think the last one is access is a lot of these organizations are trying to give access to someone or an audience that they can't serve with their current way whether a, hey, they don't have an LMS and they don't really need one. They're just trying to launch one major program and it's through their website. Or they're selling to customers, like you mentioned earlier, and they would prefer that the uh, the customer access it from their own LMS. You know, what You know, I think the industry calls syndication. That is also built into our capabilities.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is it, um, you mentioned uh, Simpatico. So Simpatico, you uh... Just to define that. So that would be the learning experience platform. So this is the, yeah, the yeah. delivery platform that you use. The, the flip side of the delivery platform is kind of the content assembly tool or or, or authoring tool. Is that right? Is that yes, that's that, right so, so you you basically, uh, the flip side of the LXP is the ability to, I guess, uh, skip the need of an articulate or rise or Camtasia. Yeah. And you then can. develop that in there. And then you were talking before about variations of a course, you know, premium and, and things like that. Can you expand on what you mean right there and, and how that fits into this, this whole topic? Like what, tell, tell us about a scary use case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, to, just yeah, frame we can, it. We,
1: multiple types of use cases where basically you have source content and that content could be an HTML that's built in the tool in Sympatico where you're basically building course pages Uh, html video audio clips no problem we can also we we play neutral to this and you know we we as practitioners and believers in the space we want them to be able to build in the tools they're comfortable with so you know you mentioned articulate or captivate or any of these tools they can generate Scorms or aicc or uh, xapi and store it so Sympatico can store it manage it organize it and deliver and track it so it becomes you know in the olden days they used to call that learning content management but the content is managed there too and basically it's organized so you can tag it or you know classify it and use it when you need and by doing that we provide the capability of layouts and wrappers so you can present that content in the way you wish you know many of the organizations almost by all by all means every one that we find they have the need to diversify their content. They like Articulate for specific needs, but they also want to build in video and audio. And those tools are not really optimized for them. They've done things in the in most recent times, but they're not really the best to do that. So they'll use our tool to build the videos. And, you know, we have for AI-generated transcription and other AI-powered tools behind the scenes for video. So I'll we'll have a video very much like, you know, what you see in Vimeo or YouTube, advanced video playback. But then they'll all wrap uh, squirm with it, and they'll put assessment in it, and all by the means. They also want to do something where they love, offer live or complimentary learning, um, like uh, you know a chat or a Zoom session, like we're on right now. And so it'll authenticate participants into that. So Sympatica will be kind of like the template. But then what the template can house and present is really up to the client's imagination and you know, resource limitations. So they could basically say, I want to take, and this is very much the common model. It's I'll build a lot of it in the tool, like the, the lessons and the, you know, basically the readable material. And I'll build videos and some of the interactive interactions like quizzing and flashcard. But then they'll import, articulate elements and then you know, connect a Zoom tool or a live chat. Um into the, the, the platform as well. Uh, what that allows them to do is have one single platform that launches all this and organizes it with uh, that allows them and affords them the flexibility build in the tools they want. Wow. Cool. That's really, really
0: advanced and, and interesting. You're right. Yeah. It, it is almost what they called an LCMS back in the back olden then, days yeah. where you, you just pump the content in and then you could display it, you know, for web or for PDF or, you know, and, and use that same content and uh, really get the horsepower out of it. Um, that's advanced, uh, you know, most LMSs, not all, but most LMSs are about assembling contents from other places, you know, content assembly. Uh, there's very, there's increasingly more for sure authoring capabilities, but it's, it's always at, I think more of a, a base level, uh, you know, a base level. It's never designed to really support these scenarios. That's right. So there's, there's this gap in the industry between what the high end needs and, you know, what the the LMSs for the masses uh, can provide. Uh, that's for sure. But it's probably, you know, realistic. Uh, as we were wrapping up this interesting session, it's probably realistic that there's, you know, a lot of organizations out there that you know probably need. And would benefit from an API-centric approach, but for one reason or another, they're stuck on you know an approach from the past. Uh, you know, before that was that was was possible. And so, knowing or wanting something and actually getting it funded and getting your organization to budget it and make it happen and make a priority are obviously two different things. Uh, wishful thinking and reality <laughs> uh, come to bag against each other in that part. So, from an advice standpoint. How, if you were in that situation, you know, how should they define uh, the problem and articulate the cost cost benefits in a way that they could get this project sold inside to take that next step from, you know, being in the the toy box to your, you know, to the advanced Lego stage? Yeah,
1: it's a a great point, John. It's a hard question. It it is. uh, But I think that with these types of things, it's probably best to just draw it out. And what we've tried to do do is uh, take a diagram and put the systems of record. Usually, you know, the CRM, SSO is easy. You have the CMS, whatever is delivering the website, CMS, the, you have marketing automation, you have the LMS and content sources, and you just plot it all on. Even, you know, just take it on a live session like this and show them what they have as a landscape. And loop them, show them the, the different loops and the, the flows of the participants. Very visually, you could see all the things that a person has to go through to get the content or access their learning. And when does that you know report back? And then you start slicing away from the problem and say, okay, where do we want to attack? Where are the big friction points? I'll use the term mm-hmm. I think these days, the friction is popular. is take those away. Uh, you could you could say that we're going to put, you know, a solution right in place here, and how do we inject it into these places where there is flow issues? That is not a very difficult exercise, and it helps you visualize without, you know, 10 pages of requirements and technical specs. But just take it as a visual pragmatic view and say, okay, I need to talk, I, I need to, when the participants log in, I need to do the following things, or this is what I need to share. And that that's just usually you know done on a flow chart, a very simple one, without going to too much jargon or tech. But Let's just try to reduce the uh, the number of steps and clicks, and also increase the amount of um, information flow, and the you know the the quality of the learning experience. And what can we do to improve it? That typically is an exercise that we we enjoy just to show them that it's possible, and that you don't need a what is it the the Veritable uh, pulling the tablecloth from the table. You don't have to create disruption. You could do mm-hmm. this by injecting it. And I think nowadays, with the state of the economy and most organizations have made a significant investment in their learning tech and their, you know, the web platforms. What we're what we're proposing is not a transformative change immediately. You put it in and and start adopting it and solving the problem. For example, you place in Sympatico and say, okay, for a certain group of users, I want them to launch this content from my existing LMS, but it's going to go through Simpatico. No problem, check. That's, that's days of implementation versus months. Mm-hmm. Then you could say, well, I want to decommission a few. I mean, we talked to groups that have 10, 15 different learning implementations. Let's take five of the worst ones that are causing you so much headache and a lot of he- hosting cost. Let's take those, take one at, at a time, and reduce them. Uh, so, in many cases, we'd like to do that flow chart and also do a cost-benefit analysis and reduce their cost. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. we price to value, and we try to work out things that will help model it. And that's another component of our offering: is that this is not something that we come in and say, "Okay, here's our manual, here's our software." and we'll call you for a Zoom training in five days or whatever, right? It's not like that. These are relationships and you know we've been in this industry for a while, these relationships last beyond 10 years many times, implementations that are successful should. And so what we wanna do is say, if we do this right, we're gonna bring some tools, we're gonna to bring our team and we have a bench and we have, a, you know, we have a significant scale to do migrations of content and data. And we'll help you with any aspect of this. And let's do this fast and, you know, release in three months and have iterative releases in, you know, one month at a time. But to really have a very targeted, refined goal, uh, especially wow. with cost and flow.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, flowchart it is. Uh, listeners, uh, I've watched this process in action uh, with some uh, Tamers and, and I's uh, joint contact or uh, clients. Uh, recently, so he's practicing uh, what he preaches. But all those points of friction, I guess let me just pile on uh, just a little bit to Tamer's uh, advice there. You know, all these points of friction cost uh, the organization, cost the organization in terms of uh, learners not expanding, you know, not using the software, not renewing the next year, calling into technical support or customer support because they're having problems with these friction points and clicks. And so, you know, the smartest organizations that I run into you know, figure out how to tie those friction points to what it's actually costing uh, the organization. And the flip side of that is reducing those clicks on what it's actually benefiting the organization from a fiscal standpoint. In addition to sunsetting some of the, uh, the, the systems like Tamer was describing a saving cost that way, you can also add, you know, increased revenue in different areas by that lack of, by that lack of friction. And the Together, you bring those two pieces together. You've got the funding now to start putting these pieces in in that iterative way uh, that Tamer uh, was was describing, and that's that's how organizations do because they got these they've got these businesses running. They can't turn it off and redo things and turn it back on. So it's got to be it's got to be that iterative approach to to slide it in. So uh, wow, fascinating conversation, Tamer. Thank uh, you, John. It's great to have As you always. back uh, on the show. Always talking about cutting edge things. I um, Understand what it is and why you would need it now. The API-centric learning or headless LMS is kind of the the almost a synonym, but but not quite. Um, but it's understand you know why you want to use it, how you want to take it to the next level, what are the business reasons for doing that, what's well, some advice on getting started and getting out of that budget gate. Uh, that's a good episode. We covered a, a lot. Uh, so, Tamer, yeah, thank thanks Jeff. for coming in and have a great day. You too, John. Nice to see you again. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Uh, you can visit talentedlearning.com for tons more uh, independent analysis like this on uh, all things uh, extended enterprise and learning technology uh, learning. You can also go to Tamer's website at authenticlabs.io and read more about uh, LXP and uh, headless and uh, API centric uh, solutions uh, there and keep on getting smarter in that. And uh, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. And we'll see you on the next Town to Learning Show podcast series.